welcome back. We are back on another Monday for an episode of Sip With Joy. And if this is your first time tuning in, welcome to Sip With Joy, a show about a girl, her wine, and her feelings. And I am that girl. I am your host, Joy M. Hutton. <laughs> you see the J and Major Co. back there. <laughs> but anyway, um, serial entrepreneur and lover of food and wine. And welcome back, guys. And speaking of wine, you know how I do. Today I have a Syrah. It's from Washington State, so I can't wait to talk to talk about that. So if you uh, follow me on Instagram at Sip with Joy on the Sip with Joy page, I have the sip of, sip of the day. <laughs> I've only had one sip. I'll, I'll do the sip of the day where I talk about this wine, and uh, you can learn more about what I'm drinking. So uh, without further ado, I don't want to keep us waiting because, listen, today's episode, and I did not take my sip, so hold on, wait. <laughs> today's episode is titled, It's Getting Hot in Here, okay? I am going to be joined by Dr. Uchenna UC Osai to talk about the changes men and women experience in their bodies as they get older. And it's so funny because I've been, been getting so many DMs from guys and they're like, well, what are y'all really going to be talking about? We're going to be talking about the changes we go through in our body. Erectile dysfunction, menopause, high libidos, all that stuff. So UC, she goes by UC, is a sex-positive pelvic health physical therapist, sexuality educator, and certified sexuality counselor, okay? So she gets into the conversations about sex, all right? She is also the creator and founder of UC Logic, a, health, a sexual health platform for adults rooted in an intersectional framework that focuses on improving sexual joy. I love that erotic intelligence and autonomy through innovative education and community building so we're gonna get into it with miss uc hello hello everyone <laughs> hello hey joy hey hey i'm so good i'm so excited that you are here i was like oh my god please be available because <laughs> this is such an important topic and I don't think we talk about things enough. Uh, hey, Robin. Hey, Elsie. Hey, Jess Lee. And so I'm really excited to get into these topics with you today. But before we begin, I got to ask you what you're sipping on. <laughs> I'm sipping on a blend, uh, Texas blend from Calais Winery. Okay. Texas. Calais wine is my favorite date okay um, so winemaker his name is ben calais i highly encourage you all to get go in the droves order it buy it it's delicious it tastes like a treat okay how do you spell his name cal how do you spell c-a-l-a-i-s oh calais okay yes okay well get into it guys calais wine go get you some yes i love it cheers <laughs> Okay, so we're going to jump right into it. So I joke, I make jokes about my libido being high and people, people laugh at me all the time, but I'm actually dead serious because as I've gotten older, I feel like a horny teenager and I'm like, this, I, this started happening to me like around 35 when I was going through a divorce and I was like, is it because I just haven't been out here in these streets 
or is it because I'm getting older? So can you talk about like the high libido theme? And then I talked to other women and realized that it wasn't just me. It's a thing. <laughs> Absolutely. So here's, here's the thing about libido, and I want everyone to think about this, is that your libido is a truth teller. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what gender you are, who you are, your, your, your libido tells you the truth. And it also informs, you know, what we know about sex, the permissions we give ourselves around sex, our libido also is a signaler of what's going on in our bodies physically as well as emotionally. So that's a huge part of your libido. Mm. And particularly women, especially as they get older, there are lots of components. There could be components of you're more comfortable in who you are as a human being. You understand your body a little bit more. You have more information. Maybe you grew up in purity culture. Right, that now, now that you're kind of coming away from that, you feel right. more autonomy and growth, mm -hmm. and that can spark that. Sometimes, if we're in relationships for a long period of time, that may or may not be feeding us emotionally. Mm. Um, and then when you're out of it, you're like, you feel like you're free as a bird, and you're like, where did like I didn't even realize I had a libido. Right. And then when we think about qualitate qualifying our libido as high versus low, what is that? What is your benchmark? Mm. Is your libido really high or is it that you're just really curious and you're feeling freer to ask questions and to explore? And so it's highly individualized. So when people say my libido is really high, I'm like, great. You know, if that's how you feel great, then that's fantastic. But there's nothing wrong with that. I right. think physiologically, too, what's happening is that, you know, you're having changes in hormones. Mm -hmm. hormones. For some people, as their estrogen increases or their estrogen decreases, some people, their libido tanks. And right. some people, their libido increases. Mm -hmm. And sometimes your libido is also a direct responder to your stress process. Yeah. So just, like, just like anything. Some people, if they're highly stressed, they have no hunger. But the other people, they're highly stressed, all they can do is eat. Right. And so depending <laughs> on who you are, you might be a person where you're like, I'm hungry for some sexy time. Right. I right? need it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, yeah, because I'm like, what is going on? Somebody tell me something. <laughs> um, but, I, I think, but I think I one more thing I want to say about yeah. high libido is that it's. I think it's. I think that when a person, particularly women, when yeah. they are like, man, I, my libido is high. What's going on? Right. And it, the, the thing is, your libido might actually be like normal. It may be that your partner's libido is low. Oh. That's right? true. And libido discrepancy. Isn't that interesting? So when women have a high libido, it's high, right? But if their partner has a high libido, then it's not that the partner has a high libido. It's that you have a low libido, right? right. And so you have to have a discussion about, oh, is it just that we have a libido discrepancy? Mm -hmm. Or is it that you're just like, I'm not even partnered. I'm just like wanting sexy time all the time. And I'm just curious and wanting to explore that. And I think all are good and great. It just, we just need to think about what we want and is it serving us in the way we need yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. I, I 
that's a good perspective because yeah you're like is it the partner's libido is lower and you know that makes it seem like mine is high so that's that's interesting okay so next question uh, so tabitha brown recently opened up about her experience with perimenopause and she was like going through it she was on live and she was like listen y'all i'm sweating in my stomach and my armpits as we speak like i'm going through it i want to have sex sometimes and then I, the body is saying something else and you know she was just going through it so can you talk a little bit about that because i don't really hear a lot of women talking about menopause in general um it's just when it when it happens it's the hot flashes that's that's really the most that you hear people talking about hot flashes and whatnot so can you talk a little bit about that absolutely absolutely so i think first is to clarify like what the perimenopause is and what menopause is so perimenopause i i tell people to think of it as a transition phase mm -hmm. and it can take years where your ovaries are slowly shutting down in their production of hormones and so you're so you see that slow decline of estrogen and this is usually the time this is what tabitha is talking about this is the time where people have what we call vaso vasomotor symptoms of menopause so it could be night sweats hot flashes body aches loss of appetite low mm -hmm. libido vaginal dryness all of the things can happen yeah. long list of things sleep disturbance so those that can be part of perimenopause whereas menopause is the absence of your period for 12 months mm. it's 12 consecutive months and so that's why i tell people that you know perimenopause can last a long time and then some and some people have you know have a really hard time with certain symptoms like Tabitha was talking about where she's having hot flashes all the time. Yeah. Whereas someone like my mother, I think she had one hot flash. Right. That was it. Yeah. And she didn't experience vaginal dryness. She didn't have urinary, you know, what we call genital urinary symptoms of menopause. So some women experience um, dryness in the vaginal walls, mm -hmm. increased in symptoms of urinary incontinence or fecal incontinence or prolapse symptoms. And so, uh, everyone's really different. So the first thing I want people to know is that if you're starting to feel, you know, changes in your period, whether you're having a heavy, heavier flow, lighter flow, or any of the other symptoms I'm talking about, speak with your practitioner who focuses on your genital health. So a women's health practitioner or a gynecologist or a nurse midwife, PA, NP, and just ask them, you know, hey, because sometimes our gynes, our gynecologists, they're experts on our genitals, but not menopause. And right. so you want to talk, you want to ask, hey, are you also a specialist in menopause? Oh, no. Well, is there someone you can recommend that I can consult with? Just to make sure that someone's tracking you as you go through this process. Because if you're starting to have really symptoms that are bothering your ability to function and be yeah. happy and thrive, mm -hmm. then you want to have that managed. And sometimes it can be simply just topical estrogen. And that topical estrogen is something that you would put in your vagina. It could be a cream. It can be what we call, you know, a suppository that you put in there and it like kind of the estrogen, estrogen, a little bit of estrogen love, so it makes the tissues happier. It could be systemic estrogen. It could be testosterone. There are lots of things that they can do. They can do bioidentical things. So a lot, wide range of things that can be prescribed for you. Mm -hmm. But I highly encourage you all to not, just because your friends might have X, Y, and Z that is prescribed to them, it doesn't mean that that's right for you. Right. So with someone who's a specialist who can evaluate you on an individual basis is really Good points, good points. One size does not fit all. 
So we're talking about perimenopause, but this is also a conversation around men and women, you know, the, the challenges that we both face as as we get older, as we get older. So what are some other challenges? I know we have, you know, ED, also known as erectile dysfunction, which, you know, a lot of people don't want to talk about, you know, and I hear a lot more men, you know, coming out on social media and talking about it, but it still is something that a lot of people are just not comfortable talking about, you know, and then men are hiding it in relationships and making it seem like it's the woman and it's like, no, it's because of you. No. <laughs> Come on, bro. No, no. You get that thing checked out. Don't be trying to blame it on a woman over here. So can you talk about, you know, some challenges that men face too and then other challenges that women may face? Absolutely. And, you know, I, as a clinician, that was, this was this patient population with ED was one of my favorite populations to treat because it was always a mixed bag. It was yeah. a choose your own adventure type of situation. <laughs> and so one thing that I want people to recognize is that erectile dysfunction can be characterized in many ways. So it could be your inability to achieve an erection mm-hmm. or it can be an inability to not sustain an erection. So you might be able to get hard, but it's just not right. You can't, you can't keep it or you can't get hard enough or penetrated intercourse, which is if that's the desired outcome. Um, for your sexual encounter. Right. Because not everyone's trying to penetrate. You know, sometimes they're just wanting to masturbate. Mm -hmm. Now, what we also have to understand about erectile dysfunction is that, let's just think of it from a biological perspective, it's a lack of blood flow Mm -hmm. to the penis, to the shaft of the penis. And what impacts blood flow? Our muscles, right? Our blood vessels, the nerve function. And so for people, so things that I want people to think about Um, from a medical standpoint, from a physical standpoint, because we're going to talk about the psychological piece as well, is that if you have chronic back pain, if you have chronic constipation, Mm. (laughs) you know, if you have all these grown folks folks problems, you know, those actually can like lend themselves to like developing um, erectile difficulty. If you have cardiovascular issues, if you have diabetes, if you like all of those components are super, super important because all of those things impact blood flow, mm-hmm. impact nerve function, impact muscle function. And remember too that your pelvis, at the bottom of your pelvis is your pelvic floor. It's a yeah. group of muscles. And your muscles are it's skeletal muscles. So it's a muscle, it's a blood pump. Mm-hmm. So if you're, and if you're stressed all day and you're clenching, right? I always tell people if you're holding coal yeah. in your butt, right? Mm-hmm. That means that all that blood flow that's yeah. supposed to go to your isn't going to your pee-pee. <laughs> and so then if you're stressed or worried about yeah. money or work or you know family stuff and you're just all in your head about it and you're holding tension in your pelvis and you're not aware, mm-hmm. it can be hard to experience an erection yeah. that is satisfactory to you. Absolutely. And another key thing, and I will tell people this time and time again, one of the primary issues that we saw with ED was depression anxiety, and particularly Mm. performance anxiety. Those can wreak havoc on your sexual functioning if you have a penis. And that, I think people really (laughs) underestimate the importance of like your mental health and understanding the mind-body connection because the the mind and the body, like they're one and the same, they're not separate. And if you're having those emotional issues, that can really, really impact things. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, nobody wants to be seen as not performing in the bedroom. You know, so I can imagine how tough that is, Um, you know, because this, yeah, 
it's a lot, you know, and then we're going to talk about the shaming piece later. But yeah, I, I agree with everything that you're saying. So you mentioned, you mentioned masturbation earlier. So is there a such thing as over masturbating? And that's for, I guess, you know, men and women, you know, is, can you lose sensitivity or, you know, you don't want yeah. penetration anymore? Like, is there a such thing? So I think it's, that's a very interesting question. So I always tell people this because, you know, people always ask me about porn addiction too and yeah. that concept. Mm -hmm. So when you're thinking about, um, is there such thing as over masturbation? I say, if, it, if, if you're masturbating to the point where it's disrupting your function as a person, mm -hmm. that would be a problem. Um, if you're masturbating to the point where you're giving yourself physical pain, mm. that's not desired. Yeah. Some people like a little pain with sex, but if it's undesirable pain and if you're losing sensation to the point where you're obstructing blood flow, you're causing nerve damage, that's a problem. Right. And so that's where, um, you know, I tell people over masturbation can be a problem. Another thing, too, because some women say like they reaching a toy and all of a sudden, like they feel like they can't experience the same pleasure with their partner. And they're right. like, oh, I broke my, my vulva or my clitoris by overusing Gosh. a toy. Now we have seen some Ouch. people like, have an injury, but that's, that's, those injuries are mostly due to like, you know, they're doing other, some aggressive things to their genitals mm -hmm. and usually their tissues can recover. Or sometimes you do have some nerve injury, but those are in extreme cases. Mm -hmm. I will say this, that um, a big question that people have is, you know, why is it that I have such strong orgasms with a toy? Right. but I don't have as strong orgasms with my partner. And I'm like, well, my hand is not as powerful as a machine that's mm. totally designed for a certain <laughs> type of pleasure. Right. And so that's that's something to like also recognize. And yeah. then also remember that your clitoris, your vagina, those are just receptacle, different ways that you can receive pleasure, but pleasure is processed here. Yeah, absolutely. But you can achieve a very powerful orgasm with nipple stimulation alone. You can have a very powerful orgasm with anal play alone, with all those other mm -hmm. things. So I always tell people sometimes when you have that desensitization or you feel you're not feeling it, you might need to change how you're approaching your pleasure. Mm -hmm. Like maybe remove visual input, maybe remove change auditory input, maybe have like kind of play up to the senses, mm -hmm. right? In different ways, pleasure map yourself in different ways because your body craves novelty, particularly in women. They, it, your body craves novelty. Yeah. So change how you approach it. Even if it's mm -hmm. like, let's say you're a person that likes to masturbate laying down, maybe masturbate recline. Mm -hmm. Maybe masturbate with your left hand versus your right hand. Yeah. You know, those types of things, your body will be like, okay, ma'am. Right. Okay, I'm bigger. <laughs> Switch up. <laughs> the same goes for men. The same yeah. goes for men and peace donors. Like, look, like this is your, like your body literally is a playground play. Yeah. yeah play mm -hmm. explore don't do the same thing all the time yeah i love that you better y'all see where she's you know, like, <laughs> like get some ice in that hand okay warm up your hands stick it in that hot paraffin and then like you know play with your penis and then it's yeah. like well that's a whole different experience right not hot hot but you know, <laughs> yeah. i'm not asking you to burn your penis but you know what i mean <laughs> We do not want you to do harm to yourself. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. Oh my God. That is so funny. 
Uh, thank you so much, Tina. Hey, girl. Hey, she said, uh, great job in keeping the people informed on important topics. Yes, this is so important. Um, okay, so we talked about the masturbation. You touched on porn, porn addiction. And I want to ask, like, can watching porn have a ne negative effect on people in the bedroom? Sure. And totally. Yeah. Like, how, but because I think, well, I know I've always felt like, you expect me to do all these crazy things and, you know, and <laughs> listen, sir, I'm not about to be doing all these acrobatics and, and, and crazy stuff, eh, you know, but I think that there are these fantasies as well. And so that's kind of where that question was leading. Well, and I say sure and like, mm -hmm. sure, because yeah. here's the thing. Porn is entertainment. Right. It's, and also sometimes it's actually poorly informed entertainment mm. um when you so the way that porn disrupts is that it can give people unrealistic expectations right and or people use porn as sex education mm. because they don't know how else to access ideas mm. and, and so, so then, then they're, they're looking, looking at porn, porn as, as like, like they're like oh okay right okay. And it's like, don't look at porn like that. Mm. Porn is not an instruction manual on how to, like, change things up in the bedroom. Right. Having a conversation with your partner is a way to kind of understand that. Having sex, talking about your sexual fantasies, if you feel safe in your relationship to do so, is a way to explore that, right? So, there are a lot of ethical porn sites that you can access, like Pink Label TV, um, uh uh, Belisa films, those are more ethical for like ethical based forms where everyone's getting paid equally. It's realistic bodies, realistic sex, but then people mm -hmm. are like, well, I'm not looking at porn for realistic stuff, right? right. And it, I'm like, right, right. So it depends on like what you're using porn for. If you're like, oh, this is just something fun we like to do, that's totally fine. Oh, it's something that I like to look at every once in a while when I masturbate, that's fine. But if you're saying I'm using porn as like my, as the Bible for how I engage in sex, mm -hmm. That's problematic. Yeah. Especially if that's not the sensibility that your partner has. Mm -hmm. like if I if I use porn as the way that I had sex, then I would miss out on the sexual experience with the individual person I'm with. Because I'm assuming that what I see in porn is what they want, and that's not the case. Right. Wait, ways to learn about your partner is like dirty talk, sexting with mm -hmm. each other, being like, ooh, this is what I want to do yeah. tonight. They're like, ooh, that's intriguing. <laughs> right? right? Yeah, they're like, ooh, I had this fantasy. And that's a way to get consent. That's a way to get an idea of like how, like what your partner is into, mm -hmm. right? That's a way of building trust. It's incredibly mm -hmm. sexy. You can build up that sexual energy. I mean, it's yeah. delicious. And it's just no one's modeled that for us. Right. Right? No one's modeled that for us. And also, everyone is taught in this kind of world of shame. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you're a man or woman or non-binary person. Like, you're sitting in this, like, everyone's doing it behind closed doors. Right. Like this. When really, we should be talking about it. Be like, okay, is it like, I like my nipple. I like nipple clamps. Do you like yeah. nipple clamps? And I'm like, no, but that's great that you do, right? You should tell your partner. <laughs> right. Exactly. right? And well, not it's, shaming it's, people for their, you know... Yeah, exactly. how they like things in the bedroom, you know? Exactly. I think that exposure to different sexual, like, ideas are great. Like, I always encourage people, um, try Quinn, get the, 
those are great websites where it's like auditory sexual stories. Like mm -hmm. you have different accents, you have different scenarios. You could be listening to that while you're driving to work, on your walk at night. Yeah, we don't need anybody to driving into the back of a car now. You right. see. It's like, I would be like driving <laughs> off the road, like, right. oh, you know? Oh, shit. <laughs> Not while y'all driving. <laughs> yes, exactly. yes. Okay, say that website again. What is it? Uh, Dipsy, D I P S E A. Uh, and then Tri Quinn, that's another, uh, you know, audio sexy stories website that I think is fantastic. I love um, it. And those are great because you can listen, you can get ideas, you can kind of tap into that like sexual energy or mm -hmm. fantasies that you might have. Yeah. It's a great way to share, you can share it with your partner. Be like, hey, babe, I listen to this. This got me going. I love this. And that's that's a really fun way to just, like, explore. And it's another it's another avenue. It's right. not for everyone, but it could be for some of y'all. Yeah, absolutely. And everything is not for everybody, you know. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's see. Um, how can we go about not shaming each other in the bedroom and being more sensitive to the changes that we may be going through as adults, <laughs> older adults, <laughs> more seasoned adults. <laughs> yeah, I think it's about like, um, you know, putting on your own oxygen mask first. Yeah. I think people, like, I think we, a lot of us, most of us engage, it, it started our sex lives with different levels of information and self-permission. Right. And I think the more we give ourselves grace in the learning process because learning about sex is not only relegated from ages 13 to 18. Right. Like it's a lifelong process. And I think that's mm -hmm. the misconception people have is that, oh, like I shouldn't be learning about sex at 40. Yes, you should. Yeah, absolutely. Because the sex, you shouldn't be having the same sex at 40 that you were having at 18 or 20, 25 or 30, whatever your sexual mm -hmm. debut was. Yeah. Right. And so, you should it's a lifelong process mm -hmm. and i think that what you should lean on is chasing the erotic the sexual the sensual pleasure experience versus chasing performance mm -hmm. right if we think of a good sex life as getting the dick hard all the time as having like a juicy wet pussy on command mm -hmm. sorry i said am i allowed to say I that anyway <laughs> This is grown folks, okay? This is not your grandma's podcast, okay? <laughs> but like, then that's that's such a limited way to think about pleasure. Yeah. Right. And if you evolve how pleasure looks over your lifespan, you're going to be so sexually satisfied. Mm. Right. And um, there's this great sex educator. His name's Al Vernacchio, and he talks about how sex needs a new metaphor that it really shouldn't be about baseball. Like, oh, did you get to first base, second base, right. third base, fourth or home run? It should be like, what do you like on your pizza? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Like a thin crust with pepperoni, sausage, and peppers. <laughs> okay, you don't like a thin crust. Like a pan pan crust? Okay, right. pan toss? I can do that. I just can't do thick, right? Yeah. Like, this is how, and then you guys create a pizza that you like. And the pizza yeah. you liked five years ago might be different. Yeah. You might have developed a gluten allergy. And yeah. you're like, I can't do <laughs> Girl. I don't do anymore. You know? Like, oh, my God. You see what I'm saying? We can't be so committed to the pizza we liked 
five years ago or even five months ago. We just have to keep that ball rolling. We need to keep checking in with each yes. other. And that's how you are open. And it's okay if you don't like something your partner likes. I really need people to get that too. Right. It's okay if you both don't have the same fantasy because you're two individual people. They can still have their fantasy. It's just not going to be expressed with you and don't feel threatened by that. Right. Right. I have fantasies that I don't share with my partner. Right. But like, it's not because I don't trust them. It's because I know we've already, or I've shared, but it's like, oh, that's something that can live in my brain rent free and I can ask <laughs> anytime I want. Right. And there are other things that I engage with my partner with, yeah. but this one's mine. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and having that openness and just being like, oh, you know what, babe, like, that's something that I'm interested in, like, looking at, but I don't know, or maybe you explore it and you're like, oh, that's not for me. And you can just say, that's not for me. Yeah. And we explored that. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and they can be honored in that and they can hold that with them and you guys can, can keep exploring together. Right. I love that. But you never that. want to get young. Yeah. Or you want them to yuck your yum either. Right. <laughs> right. Um, no, but you're right, but you're right. These, and these are such important conversations to have. And like people, you know, people are, were messaging me like, oh my God, you're going to talk about that. Yes, I am going to talk about it. I'm a grown woman, first of all, and these conversations need to be had and we need to have these conversations more with each other, with our partners, because you don't want to find out until it's too late in the bedroom. And then you're like, we should have talked about this <laughs> you know we are not aligned in the, in between the sheets you know so I think that these conversations need to be had and I think we should be able to have transparent conversations about our sexuality about how we how we want things in the bedroom because you may not be compatible in the bedroom and that's okay yeah and I will say I just want to say for people with e- or erectile issues, there are like some things, things that you can automatically address right now that are, that are very simple. simple. Or doctor's visit. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to your diet. You know, like if it's heavy in sodium, if it's heavy in like uh, fats, all those things, like heart healthy diets. exercise regularly you really want to get that blood flow pumping manage your stress in a way that works for you so yoga great tai chi is great meditation is great going for a walk whatever but having a regular stress management routine is just essential smoking right Mm -hmm. and everyone asks oh is you know smoking weed a problem all of that like if you're chronically smoking all the time i would say this like the jury's still out on that because from libido standpoint we've seen some promising things for like pain management obviously for pain management Mm -hmm. but from a blood perspective we're still like kind of navigating that Mm -hmm. so i would say take a break from smoking particularly tobacco but also you know particularly marijuana just take a break for a little bit and see if you see a change. Mm-hmm. And if not, you know, go ahead and consult with your doctor and see what, see what they think. But those are some really basic things that can really help with your erectile function. And also, you know, instead of just focusing on the performance, but focus on like what you want to feel, what your partner wants to feel mm-hmm. and leaning into that and lean into novelty and exploration right. and your penis will respond. 
And if it doesn't, then definitely see a doctor. Yes, because we want it to respond. <laughs> we want it to respond, right? To respond. And sometimes, and remember, like, if, if you're stressed, if you have medical issues, you know, those things do pay, like, do really impact our sexual functions. Please do not underestimate that. Mm. That's so good. I hope I hope here everybody's out here talking, uh, taking notes. Uh, uh, Thomas said, "Driving, listening to porn is wild." And oh, clutch yes. my pearls. Are you, I'm not doing this with you, Thomas. Um, anyway, okay. Um, what about hormonal imbalances in both men and women? Like, how can that affect us in the bedroom as well? Absolutely. I mean, OT can affect men and women in terms of their libido, their erectile performance, um, in terms of particularly libido and erectile performance. So what I tell people is like, you know, I'm not a physician, you know, I, I have my clinical doctorate in physical therapy. Usually when that happens, when I see patients, they've already been screened for that. They may have been started on testosterone or something mm -hmm. to address that, but you definitely want to consult with your medical providers so that they can get those labs done, they can take a look at what your symptoms you're presenting with, and if and if testosterone or estrogen or whatever is appropriate for you, and if that can help minimize those symptoms. Oftentimes, you're going to have some physical symptoms associated with it, so it's not just going to be the emotional component um, as well. But I also want to say this, you know, some people have ED, some people have sexual pain, all of that, and it's not distressing to them. Right. Mm -hmm. They're fine. They're like, do I need to fix this if this doesn't bother me? No, right. you don't. Mm. Right. So like if it's not distressing you, it's not impeding your function. If you're still feeling satisfied, you don't have to address it. But if it's something that you're like, you know what, this is linked to other physical issues. I would tell people to address those physical issues like your cardiovascular health, your your, you know, your brain health, mm -hmm. all of those things. Mm -hmm. You know, managing your weight so that it works for what your body needs. Yeah. Because um, you need to lose 20 pounds if you don't need to lose 20 pounds. But if it will help with your diabetes management or your cardiovascular health, try it and see if that makes a difference. Yeah. Um, but we just want to kind of approach it from that perspective. Mm -hmm. But consulting with a, a licensed medical provider who specializes in the issues that you're concerned about is really, 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 really important. Yes. You heard it here, folks. Um, Robin said, that's great. Focus on the sexual experience and not just the performance. Absolutely. Be in the moment. <laughs> Trying to get to the outcome. And it's like, let's be in the moment. Absolutely. Um, yes. Okay. So we're going to have a little more fun. We're going to do a rapid fire. I love rapid fires. <laughs> so first one that comes to mind, I'm going to give you two choices. You pick one. Okay. So you ready? <laughs> Sort of. I'm like, my pelvic floor is clenched, but I'm ready. Let's do it. Clenching. <laughs> and I want to know more about this pelvic floor uh, therapy. Okay, we're going to talk about that in a second. Okay. Uh, toys or hands? Oh, ah, oh. Hands, hands. Okay. Foreplay or straight to it? Oh, foreplay. Oh, Bed or floor? I you know, I'm grown so bad. My knees aren't so good. <laughs> Girl. Oh, if you had WD forty, sure the floor, but Right, you got cause you got to get up, okay? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Satin sheets or Egyptian cotton? Oh, 
Egyptian cotton. Okay. Satin is like I'm gonna fly. It's too hot. It's too hot. I can't. No, no. (laughs) Okay, flavored lube or regular lube? Regular. Don't put mm -mm, nothing near my vagina. Right. Okay, me either, child. Let me doing all that. Okay, uh, shower or hot tub? Uh, shower. Okay. Music in the background, no music. No music. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, spanking or gentle touches? Spanking. Okay, girl. Role, <laughs> role playing or conventional? Role play. All right. Spooning or don't touch me? <laughs> spooning. Spooning. Okay. You're like spooning. Come on, spooning. <laughs> Thomas, we are not asking you for your answers. This is in the chat. Okay. Uh, okay, that was fun. All right, so you can find UC at Y O U S E E Logic on Instagram. You have to catch up on her bourbon tales. Um, where she answers questions about all things sex. It is so fun. You be getting it, girl. It's the dances for me. (laughs) Um, And then can you just describe really quickly about the pelvic, uh, the pelvic therapy, the pelvic floor therapy? Like what does, what does that do? Tell us more. Sure. So uh, the quick of it is, is that, you know, all of us, every human being has a pelvis. And at the bottom of our pelvis is the pelvic floor. And that is anchored at your pubic bone at the front to your tailbone at the back. And it holds in all of your organs, your your bladder, your prostate, your uterus, your rectum, the vagina, all of it. All the things. And so it's responsible for stabilizing your spine, <clears throat> pumping blood back up to your heart, for urination, defecation, sexy time, and babies if you so choose. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's, it's, it's responsible for a lot. So focus on treating people who have issues related to that. So everything we talked about, you know, erectile dysfunction, mm-hmm. uh, vaginal issues, <laughs> rectal issues, any type of pain down there, things associated with endometriosis, people who have cancer treatment where they have rectal cancer, vaginal cancer, those ty- ovarian, uterine cancer. Um, I treat all that urinary incontinence, prolapse. So if your organs oh, are wow. starting, for women, if your organs are starting to drop down, through the vagina or the rectum, that's a thing. I treat that, so I help get the muscles, nerves um, functioning in a way that supports your body so you can return to or establish a new level of functioning that Mm -hmm. is satisfactory and ideal for you. Wow, that's amazing. See, we gotta know what's going on with our bodies, man. Listen, it's a specialist for everything, (laughs) okay? Get, there is no reason why we should not be getting help on anything. Um, so I love this. This was a great conversation. So at UC Logic, Y-O-U-S-E-E Logic on Instagram, what's next for you? Are you working on any exciting projects? Yeah, so you all should, you know, keep your eyes out, peeled, eyes peeled. Um, I worked on a big project with Planned Parenthood that should be launching here in the next few months. Okay. Uh, it's a national project uh, in terms of sex education. Uh, we're launching some projects, my, me and my business partner are launching some projects on menopause and sexual health uh, later it. this year. Uh, so working on that. So I'm, I'm really excited. And then also, too, you know, I'm seeing private clients for sex counseling and coaching. 
So check out my website, uclogic.com, and book a session or a discovery call, and we can yes. chat about things. Dropping that in the chat right now for you guys. Make sure you go follow UC and listen. I told you all she's amazing, and this was such a good conversation. So good. I'm like, listen, I'm going to watch it after I get off. Like, let me get that replay. <laughs> this was so good. Thank you so much for being here. Show you see some love in the chat, guys. And um, thank you again. This was such an important conversation. I appreciate you. And thank guys, you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. And so, guys, you know I'll see you back here next week. We are halfway through the season. Don't be sad. <laughs> and I'm um, going to finish this glass of wine and enjoy the rest of my night. And um, we are out of here. Thank you, Yuzi. Bye, guys. Bye.